this morning, what I do want to do is I want to share with you, um, as we uh, continue our series, Teach Us, I want to share with you um, something about uh, influence, and it goes right along with uh, some of the things that we've been uh, learning and focusing on over the last uh, week or so, but, you know, control over our lives is something all of us really want. We want to, in some way, control our lives, but, but we recognize that we live in a world, and we live in a world where we... Uh, where everything is connected, and it seems like that we uh, recognize then that we don't have absolute control over anything. And so several years ago, when I was with Smith Graham, I went to uh, Warden Business School to study behavior finance. And uh, the objective of this was to look at the behavior of investors and their effect on the financial markets. <clears throat> because there are some things you can quantify, and there are some things you have to qualify. And so uh, we looked at that, uh, and the objective was to really focus on exp explanations of how emotions causes people who are rational people to actually make irrational decisions. And this is a, a growing study relating to finances because how people feel will determine what they think, and what they think will determine what they do. And so the basis here is that we are all limited in our self-control and there are things that drive us beyond our own ability to control ourselves because of the limitation that we have when we're operating within ourselves and so uh, the ability to persuade someone is more important than the ability to control someone let me say that again. The ability to persuade someone is much more important than the ability to control them. Because if you can persuade them, we persuade them and we can effectively uh, affect how someone feels, how someone will believe, how someone will think, and what someone will do. And, and you can be persuaded good and bad. Um, but this is a principle that God has instituted when he created us, that the ability for him to alter our behavior simply because there is a influence that he has in our lives. I want to get into that this morning because in the book of Romans chapter 4, if you would open your Bibles there, the book of Romans chapter 4, as we look at this, yet he did not waver through unbelief, the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to... Now stop right there. It's talking about Abraham. And the Bible says Abraham did not waver in his... Through unbelief regarding the what? Promise. Regarding the what? Promise. Now I'm not going to be long, but if you kind of jump in here with me, it'll be good. Amen? Amen? Come on. Abraham did not waver in unbelief. Uh, through unbelief, but he did not waver according to what? What? The promise of God, but was what? Strengthened in his faith, and he gave God to glory. So notice this, Abraham was strengthened in his faith. Abraham was strengthened in his faith. Now, what caused him to be strengthened? Verse 21, it says it like this, being fully persuaded my God, that God had power to do what he had promised. I want you to see that. Being fully persuaded that God 
had power to do what he had promised. So notice this. What caused Abraham not to waver? What caused Abraham's faith to be strengthened? And the Bible tells us it was because Abraham was fully persuaded. And and as I look at that, and as I particularly read throughout the word of God, there are two primary factors for persuasion. One is ability, and the second one is willingness. See, faith is something, or someone, I I guess I'll say it like this, to have faith in something or someone, it is based on their willingness and their ability their willingness and their ability. And you know, when when someone promises you something, you only are persuaded if you are confident that they have the ability and they are also willing. And I'll give you an example of that. If, If a poor man came up to you and he said that, I desire to give you $100,000. Will you get excited about that? Let me just kind of go up the street from the Catholic Church down to the Champion Center. <laughs> See, because in a, a, a church with the Holy Spirit, we talk to each other. Amen? Amen. And it's okay to talk to each other in church if you're talking to... Okay, so now let me kind of go here back to the Champion Center. Persuaded of a man that's poor. He came up to you, he said, hey, you know what? I desire to give you $100,000. Would you get excited about that? No, why? It's because he, ha- he is willing, but he doesn't have the what? Ability. Now, let's say this, that a, uh, that a man who is very wealthy, that, 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 that he uh, has the ability to loan you $100,000, but he is not willing. Would you get excited about that? Why? Is because he has the ability, but he is not what? And so notice this, that you know that this poor man is willing, but he doesn't have the ability, so you're not persuaded. But, and you know this rich man has the ability, but he's not willing, so you're not persuaded that something is going to come to you. And so when someone is willing to do something and they have the ability to do it, that that's what faith is based on. Faith is not based on ability alone, and faith is not based on willingness alone, but faith is based on these two factors, willingness and ability. And so uh, if we look at this, then I'll share this with you in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Jesus talks about something and. uh, and we've looked at that over the last uh, couple of days, but, but Jesus shares something that's very powerful, and many times we've heard it a different way, but we want to see exactly according to what the Word of God says. Champions, would you read that with me together now? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, notice this, that Jesus said, what? Faith as a mustard seed. And, you know, it was really pointed out uh, over the last day that it was, the Bible doesn't say, the NIV says it, 
but in the King James Version, and when you go back to uh, the original um, transcript of the Bible, I went back and looked last night. It, it does not say small as a mustard seed. It says as a mustard seed. And a mustard seed, and I, I began to look up mustard seed. <laughs> it's the smallest seed of the herbs. But when it is planted, it is one of the largest herbs that grow as it matures. And a mustard seed is so small, but yet it can grow 20 feet wide. And what Jesus is saying is that if you have faith that may start out so small, but as you grow spiritually, that your faith will grow and it can be like a mustard seed and it can be greater than any other people, whether they have faith in something else, any other gods that people might have faith in, your faith can be greater in me. And so, and so he says that faith has a mustard seed. And now it doesn't say small, right? It says as. And so Jesus is referring to our spiritual maturity, that as we grow spiritually, then now our faith should increase. Our faith should increase. Our faith should increase. So we see then that um, faith is a growing process. And to... Uh, have the knowledge of God's ability and the knowledge that God is willing, it is what causes us to be fully persuaded of the promises that God has made to us. Now, let me give you another uh, analogy with the rich man and the poor man. Let's say the rich man is able to give you a loan, but he won't do it. The poor man has the money, doesn't, let's say it like this. The rich man has the ability to give you a loan, but he won't give you the loan. The poor man doesn't have the ability to give you the loan, but he is willing to give you a loan. Which would you respect more? The poor man, why? It's because he's willing to do it, although he's not able to do it. See, you respect someone more if they, have, if they are willing to do something, but they're just not able to do it, rather than somebody who's able to do something and they're unwilling to do it. Why? It's because they're so focused and selfish on themselves. And so you have a respect for that. And many times that people have grown up and, and there's a belief that I know God is able, but I am not sure that he is willing. And as a re result, they, there is not the respect that should be for God simply because there is not a fully persuasion out of having the knowing that he is able and he is willing. So there are a couple of Bible verses that I want to share with you this morning because as we go through this last week of prayer and fasting, I want to uh, uh, emphasize a couple of things that I want you to focus on during this last week. Book of Mark chapter 9, there was a man who brought, uh, was brought to Jesus, uh, brought to Jesus' disciples, and his son had a, uh, was having seizure, had a demon, demonic spirit. So they brought this man, uh, this son, this child to the disciples. Disciples prayed for him. They were not able to cast out the uh, spirit. So when Jesus came, uh, the man says to Jesus, Jesus, you know, I brought him to your disciples, but they were not able, but they were willing, but they weren't able, but they seemed like they were willing. Why? Because they prayed for him, but they weren't able to cast out this spirit. And so notice what uh, Jesus says in Mark chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. Let's read it together. Now, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, 
All things are possible to him who believes. And then in verse 24, it says it like this. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my And the Bible tells us that Jesus healed his son. Why? This is it. Because the man was honest with Jesus. He says that Jesus, I know you have the ability, but I'm not sure that you are willing. Now, I know that the disciples were willing, but they didn't have the ability. And so he cries out to Jesus and and Jesus says that I am willing. And he says that uh, he healed. He told us the spirit to come out of him. The son was healed. Why? It's because this father was so uh, uh, open with Jesus. He says, Jesus, you know, I've come to the place that's the limit of my faith. But I need to go beyond that. And he says, help my unbelief. And because this man was honest with Jesus, he, didn't, he could not comprehend in that particular situation. He knew he had the ability, but he didn't know he was willing. He says, you know, help my unbelief. And by that, Jesus spoke a word to him and the ability and willingness came together. And this man was fully persuaded that Jesus could do it. Now, I want to encourage you that over this next uh, week, and as we're going into our last week of fasted prayer, I really want to encourage you that uh, to, to spend some time with him and be really honest with, with him. Don't allow this 21 days to pass without you really opening up and sharing with Jesus, sharing with God, sharing, sharing through the Holy Spirit, essentially that, 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 that uh, uh, challenge that you might have or that the belief that you might have or the limitation that you might have, that you would share with him. Because uh, if, if we look at it, and particularly as we've kind of taught about power, authority, and mountain-moving faith, if we look at it, there are some things that are really intimidating. And so we'll have to get beyond what intimidates us into a place of boldness so that we could truly be the testimony and witness that Jesus desires. Amen? And so uh, I want to encourage you to do that, to just be, get honest with him. So uh, this, this, this man says that I know your disciples were willing, but they weren't able. I know you're able, but I'm not sure you're willing, so help me out. And Jesus healed his son simply because he was honest. And if there is something that you're in, in, in questioning, not sure about, just be honest with Jesus over, these la- over this last week and watch and see as you come out of this time of faster prayer and throughout the year that there are things that he will remove from your life and things he will add to your life simply because you had a childlike faith. How many of you know children will say anything? They don't hold anything back. You want to know what a mom and dad is like? Go to the like eight-year, six-year-old, five-year-old, seven-year-old child. With me, see, uh, as, I, as I grew up, I knew there was a way that I wanted our children to... to uh, to behave, and so as a result of that, what I did was I never really raised my voice to, to our children. I don't know if I've ever really raised my voice to our children, and, and maybe it was one time I don't remember any time. But over the years, we've asked, and they said, "Well, I can't recall." Um, and the reason, but they said that um, that that dad, you do this, do not do that anymore. <laughs> so I make facial expressions, but I don't raise my voice. And what I decided when they were really young, when they were born, that I wasn't going to be screaming and shouting at them to get them to do something. And the reason was is because if we go out to the store 
if we are out in public somewhere and that I ask them to do something and they don't do it, then I ask a little bit again and they don't do it and they only do it when I start screaming, who looks like the fool? Who looks like they're out of control? It's the parent. Don't you? And the kid's like looking like, whoa. And then everybody's looking at you like, mm, mm, mm. So I wanted them to move on the first time I said something. Look, I need you to do this. And if they didn't do it, I didn't raise my voice. But you know what? When I got that face, they knew that it meant. And, and, and I'm telling you that uh, over the years, you, you, you'll find out. You can ask them or ask Gwen. I don't scream at them. But at a game, I do scream like tonight, this evening at, at 2 o'clock. Oh, my God. Last night when the Rockets beat the Lakers, woo! Oh my gosh, I was screaming up a storm. So, so um, this 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 willingness and ability is so critical. So, what we find here in this demonic spirit that they the man believed about Jesus that he was able, but he didn't know he was willing. And let's look at one more passage, and then I'll bring it all together in uh, Matthew chapter eight. Matthew chapter eight. Verse 1 through 3. Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. Jesus had been ministering, and then Jesus came, and as he came into the location, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Come on, would you repeat, I'll read that with me together, champions, like you know it is the word of his power. Now, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now, stop right there. This one believed that he was able, but not, he didn't know if he was willing. The disciples believed he believed that this demonic man believed that the disciples were willing, but he did not know if they were able. But I want you to see this. The Bible says, then Jesus put out his hand and touched him. What ministry was Jesus, based on what we've learned over the last couple of days, what was Jesus using when he stretched out his hand and put it on that man to touch him? What was Jesus using? Power. He was using power. Mm. And then the Bible says that uh, Jesus says, I am willing. And then he used these words, be cleansed. And what was Jesus using at that time? Authority. authority. And so in this particular passage, Jesus used both power and authority. And then the Bible says immediately he was cleansed. Now, he says, I know you're able, <laughs> but I don't know if you're willing. And so as we look at this, then, did Jesus ask any of the individuals, the father whose son had the demonic spirit or this um, leper, did he tell them that they didn't have enough faith? Did he ask them that they needed more faith for him to do that? No. He, he wanted them to know two things, that he was able and that he was willing. And because he's able and because he's willing, then now it brings you to a place where you're fully persuaded. And when you're fully persuaded about God's ability... God's willingness, then you become strengthened in your faith. And by being strengthened in your faith, it gives you access to the promises that God has made over your life. 
And so over this last week, one of the things that we, I want you to do is I want you to uh, make a decision that you're going to be honest with God. Whatever you've done over these 14 days, make a decision that this last week you're going to go deeper, you're going to become more intimate, and you're going to become more transparent. Fully persuaded that God is able and God is willing. And because God is able and he's willing, you are f- persuaded that and will not waver. And what happens is that your faith becomes strengthened. And as your faith becomes strengthened, it gives you access to what you did not have access to.